gotta try my best. Yeah. All, all I could do is try my best. And so, yeah. um, you know, I think polarization sucks. Whether with news, the more the more outrageous the article, the headline, the more likely you're gonna click on it. The you know the company's profit driven. Yeah. And so maybe that's a question to whether or not we should have a system that we should either have a system or platforms that capitalize on those right with such an abundance of information so readily accessible that's a hard thing and so it's very easy to pick up the newspaper click on the article that kind of supports your already beliefs and so that's the thing i'm i'm pointing out the flaws but i don't have a solution either. all right here's the deal here's how we're gonna start this off okay all right so let's say one day that you uh disappeared no introduction <laughs> Let's say I disappear. You disappear, and you don't know where you are. Nobody in the world knows where you are. Okay, matter of fact, they they forget you even exist. But you pop up one day, and you're yourself. You're grown, so you were just born into this world. Whatever you know, what you do, no one else does. How are you going to explain to that person, Bernie? I'm a lot of things. And I think the first one I'll start off with describing myself uh, is, or maybe was, um, is that of an ambitious person. An ambitious person and a dreamer. I think those are the two things I'll start off with. Because first, what came to mind, you know, the elevator pitch that you have when it comes to networking and all that. You often say, oh, I'm a business owner or I work in such position or I'm a college student. And, you know, those are those are some of the things that I am as well. But I think first and foremost is that I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. And so that motivates a lot of the things I do. And I like to believe that I live my life or Bernie lived his life in a way that helped him achieve these dreams. And so currently I'm a college student. I'm a freshman college student majoring in computer science. I'm also someone hoping to become an entrepreneur, however, in a way that's more tangible. So I'll leave it at that because I think for me to show someone who I really am, you have to kind of be more accompanied and I don't have as many verbal accomplishments. So you're doing computer science. Of course, that's a field that's highly emerging especially in the united states like everybody everybody and their mother wants to do computer science mm -hmm. right for whatever reason whatever reason so well i don't, I don't know man i'm no expert but <laughs> but i know there's a lot of benefits in that field i know there's a lot to be gained from doing mm -hmm. that so how would you say that computer science plays into the dream well First and foremost, it's kind of a guaranteed safe route, if that's if I'll be truthful, because to be a dreamer, I was about to make a TikTok on this. You have to have something to show. We've talked about this in the past before, bro. If I choose to yeah. not go to you know to college, right, because I want to start my own business, I want to start my so and so, I want to take something more serious. I need that time to focus and devote it to this thing. Okay, well, what do I have to show? I made an analogy that it's kind of like when you were younger, you might say you want to play a sport, let's say basketball. And so you tell your parents you want to play the sport, you want to play so bad, but you don't have the things around you to support you. 
So they get you the shoes, you know, the expensive basketball shoes. They get you a little court in your driveway, and they might even sign you up for practice. Now, how you act once given this support is what shows whether or not you would have... Is How you act with that is what shows whether or not you really truthful to what you wanted or if you were just saying that to say it and so if i let those shoes collect dust and the court stay brand new then it wasn't the issue wasn't that i lacked this the issue is that i wasn't the type of person that would achieve that and so it's the same way with entrepreneurship um it's the same way with entrepreneurship it's the same way with um attending college college is a safer route uh, yes it is um not a guarantee and a lot more common, so it's not as safe as it once used to be. It's still hard. It's still difficult, but the path is more paved. Yeah. But yeah, the path is more paved, and so the whole thing is, you know, go to college, do well in college, get a good job, etc. And that's not that's not entirely untrue, even as convoluted as the world. No, not convoluted. Even as much as the world has changed from what it was was fifty years ago, and so it's that same thing. If I stopped attending college, even right now, I'm on summer break summer break three months of freedom four actually four months of freedom yeah i'm working to save up for school but for the most part i'm not a full-time student anymore at least for now now how do i act with that am i meeting clients am i developing the business am i developing my skills for the services i offer am i getting my business out there marketing connecting with different people with all this free time or was i just using that as another excuse in essence that's not to say that there aren't excuses but it's do i have something to show for it and so i can't prove to myself that i can walk away from the university route because i haven't proved to myself yet so yeah you know i, I sort of have a similar idea maybe not with university but with life in general especially since okay well i'm taking the more creative approach and i'm trying to build like a personal brand with this content stuff but the whole idea of i won't make first of all i won't make it there unless i i prove to myself like i i can do this obviously but there's also the fact of the other people in your life how are they affected by the path you decide to take okay if they don't know for certain whether or not this path is well for you if you can't prove it then it's very hard to speak on, okay, whether or not, you know, this can work out, obviously, mm. or whether or not it's even worth pursuing. And that's kind of like the the complicated part of it. But hell, even three months, I don't know about you, but three months isn't a lot of time. I wonder if you feel the same way. Um, for sure. You know, earlier... Earlier in my life, probably like within the past three years, I've always seen, you know, a month. A month is a time to, is a month is so long, 30 days, you know. It's a time where you can do a lot. If you were consistent with the gym for 30 days, yeah. how different would your body be? Or if you were, if you earned just $50 a day, that the math would turn out to $1,500 from something, right? Well, you get what I'm saying, right? A month felt like a long time, but just with each day by day going, especially with other obligations and responsibilities, I'm starting to learn a month is not that long of a time. I don't know if that means that I should act any different and still try to make the most out of the month, but I'm starting to learn that either by force or, you know, 
I'm starting on that. So I definitely agree. Especially when, okay, once you get that idea of what you want to do, now you have to think about strategy. Like, how are you going to function throughout the yeah. day? Obviously, as a college student, you were a full-time college student, I think. Yeah. Right? And you were also doing a job on the side at one point. And you still managed to remain consistent in some respects throughout a very, well, some would say a long period of time be it a few months, but that's still a very impressive amount of time to remain consistent while having that many obligations. So I guess the question is, how do you deal with that? I'll say this. I'll start by saying this. The reason why it's usually not the norm to do that is because it's usually not sustainable. And so I learned, I learned that the hard way that it wasn't sustainable even with all the motivation, determination, discipline, it's, you kind of have to prioritize. You kind of have to prioritize, and that's the truth of the matter. And so to answer your original question of how I do it, I learned that, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day, especially I'm developing, so you gotta go, let's just put eight hours of sleep a day, and then, you only have so many hours to do things. And so I've learned I have to somehow think smarter because working harder, I had to work smarter because working harder was not the solution. And I had to work smarter and prioritize. So those are my answers to my questions. The way I did it specifically for these things were scholarships, scholarships and trying to find some other source of income but usually that includes working hard as well. But those two things, that way I could alleviate the pressure of work. Having an accountability partner when it came to school, we often met with professors and TAs to help us be more efficient with the way we learned and dealt with some of the obligations. And then I had to make sure I had time at the beginning of my day for my own personal things as well. So that's how I did it, but even then, I learned a, a valuable lesson, and so, yeah, I learned a valuable lesson. I, it's not a willpower thing where you just have to want it the most, because even then, there's only 24 hours in a day. Maybe it doesn't take a madman, but it, it definitely takes, like, a really very stubborn individual to power through that. Even even if it's beneficial, it yeah. takes a little bit of stubbornness, no, in a sense, to even power your way through that. When it comes to approaching a goal, of course, there's a lot of things that you need to do. But in the digital age, there is a lot of shortcuts, so to speak. And you mentioned something earlier, which I never heard this term before. I, I Like, until you told it to me, I never heard of a shovel company before. Mm. Like, the analogy, let alone the origin, never heard of it before. But seeing how that ties into what we're about to get into, it, it's actually astonishing. So... Obviously, the path to growth, be it in computer science or content creation or SMMA or drop shipping, it's a lot of work, obviously. There's a lot of shit. There's a lot of things to consider. There's a lot of boats to burn. And it's just there's a lot that you really need to get rid of, obviously. And it's a huge risk no matter how you approach it. So what is your outlook on these shovel companies then the people who take the opportunity to sort of try to simplify this 
obviously very, very strong, very tough goal. And what benefits do you see in them? Because obviously we have to consider everything. What could be the benefits of these and what dangers do you see with more creatives taking this sort of business approach? There's a danger in your own path to success and the path that you guide others to believe can be their own path to success if the two are different. But it's not always inherently a bad thing. This is statistics off the top of my head, but there is a study that shows that a significant chunk of financial advisors and wealth management or hedge fund hedge fund workers do not invest in what their clients do not invest in what their clients um what they have their clients invest in that's not to say that they're scammers but it's also to say that there's 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 a kind of difference and a danger and so with being a consumer with being a consumer you have to recognize you have to recognize that you have to recognize that you're you're it's the gold rush it's the gold rush and you're moving to alaska california wherever it is right because you want to find gold and get rich you know you want to hit success and so you have to recognize that all the ads you're seeing all the hype in the newspapers it's done with a incentive in the back of it you know I wouldn't be surprised to see that it's the shovel companies backing it. I wouldn't be surprised to see that they're they're the ones that's generating hype mm. because the more people believe that they can get rich from the gold rush, the more people will come and buy shovels from your company. And so recognizing that and whether or not in our day and age, if that's a good business model. And so I want to hear what you think as well. I want to hear what you think as well. What do you think about shovel companies and gold rushes. there's there's a lot to think about when it comes to shovel companies one thing first of all is the form in which they take the one most commonly being courses internet courses um and there's obviously a lot of examples you could go to how andrew tate uh among many other people which isn't necessarily a bad thing because they have valuable information of, of some sort but um obviously there's a lot of things which sort of go unspoken especially the risk the sacrifices which need to be made and the inevitable resistance which comes with the goals in which you're approaching those exist and they're not talked about enough and shovel companies of course it's not their job to tell people oh there's risk in this you should probably reconsider before buying my course that's extremely counterproductive and for that i don't blame them but at the same time with the easy accessibility to creating these things and promoting them as this holy grail of information which will send your life from bottom to hell the upper echelon of the universe or whatever it's a very dangerous message to send, especially if you don't have the qualifications. But then how do you even gauge the quality, right? How do you even gauge the qualifications for an individual to even drop a course in the first place? You have these creators who are going out there, they're telling their supporters, hell, make a course, make a digital online business, give information away. And it sounds very nice, of course, and it sounds 
great at face value. Of course, the the spreading of information is amazing, no matter what. Well, I wouldn't say no matter what. It does depend. There's a lot of misinformation, and there's a slew of too much good information, which we could get into later. So there's all of these factors that come into play when it comes to these shovel companies, in a sense. They're taking advantage of this sort of creative revolution, and they're trying to gain more clientele from spreading this message of, look, you follow this, you can become a creative, you can become self-sustainable. There's a lot to consider. Almost too much. We'd have to break this down immensely, but I do have a question for you. If you had to guess how many of these shovel companies have the proper qualifications, and we, we could go based off of your own interpretation of proper qualifications. You could give a list of what you would consider proper qualifications, right? What percentage would you say have the proper qualifications to even be selling courses in the first place? Like I said, on one hand, the coach doesn't play in the game, but the coach probably has played the game before. It's hard. It's a hard question. Because on one hand, you can simply transfer the knowledge. You know, whether you, you don't have to see the actual proof of Pythagoras' theorem to teach a sixth grader the same thing but it's, it's t- all empirical in a sense mm-hmm. basically yeah and so you don't have to fully understand it but i think if you want that con- moral consciousness of knowing that you're doing more good than harm that you should usually have done it as well i think that proper qualification and so to answer your question how what are the proper qual- qualifications the main thing I can really say is transparency and having done it yourself. The internet is massively unregulated. That's a pro and con of it. And so someone can hop on, you know, rent out a sports card and say, this is how I got in this method of, this method of business is how I got to where I'm at and show that best side of yourself you know, post some numbers, post, um, I forget what the wallet, the online wallet, or post the PayPal, the PayPal, right? And say, this is how I do it, hype up, and then the majority of your money comes from courses. That's a, not a morally right, but it's a good business method, right? It's a good business, yeah. It's, we it's, could argue the morals mm-hmm. of it, but it's a good business. But it, it gets money. If the purpose of your business is to generate money, then it generates money. But I don't think you should be... I don't think that I, at least for myself as a consumer, I don't want, I want to be able to trust that the courses that I'm selling are actually going to, or the courses I'm purchasing would actually work. And because of that, because it's unregulated and there's no, nothing to stop. And everyone is a dog eat dog world. You know, everyone is chasing their own financial gain or success. You know, it's, it's, there's no regulation and so that's also part of why i don't usually that's why i don't buy courses at least courses that are selling you alive I, i'll buy a course for a specific skill if i want to learn video editing it's not a, it's not selling me a dream or a lifestyle it's not selling me lambos it's not selling me a massive house it's not selling me all these girls um it's not selling me fame it's not selling me 
the ability to retire my parents. It's just selling me Adobe Photoshop skills. I paid $30 and now I know how to do Adobe Photoshop. It's not selling me that um, this job shipping course will allow me to get rich, so and so, so forth. And that's what you need to be careful of. I think we, so. we need to be able to bridge the gap between actual skills and I, I guess you could call them practical beliefs. Yeah. So with the skill, you uh, mentioned Adobe, right? Whatever, whether that be Premiere Pro, Photoshop, After Effects, whatever. Those are skills which can be gained, which will assist you in well, you could either do your own thing, create your own content. You can help other people create their own content. You can branch that off into other skills, which can help you ascend into a completely different field. But it's a skill that can sprout. And on the other hand, you have the practical belief, which is if you do it this way and if you invest your time into this and that, then that should take you to my level as the course seller. Because well, this is how I did it. This is how it worked for me. And this is how it worked for other people that I'm partnering with in order to create this course. And so if you follow this method, then this is how it'll be. It's almost like a, like a, a philosopher, right? Okay, they give you this method to life, this method to living. If you follow these steps, then you will live a fulfilling life, essentially. You have your hedonists. If you follow a life of pleasure, then you will live a good life. You got the Stoics. If you live a life in accordance with nature, then you will lead a good life. You got the nihilists. If you are a negative bitch, well, then you'll live a fulfilling life. So <laughs> there's all these different ideas. Yeah, I, I, I got to stop doing my nihilist <laughs> I'm sorry, dirty. I had to. There's some merit to it. Optimistic nihilism, yeah. I think. I don't see it. There's some merit to it. There's some merit to it. But essentially, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. So essentially, the point is that you can choose any of those three beliefs and you could probably live a pretty good life. Now, which one has a better chance of doing so? Who knows, right? We don't have the the statistics on that. We wouldn't be um, sure on which one is more practical. But we pick one which suits us best and it ends up working out how it works out. Uh, And so I feel like that's the approach that people need to take with these courses because they'll look at these courses. And of course, there are skills there. Don't get me wrong. There are skills there which you can learn and pick up. But ultimately, the main driving point are beliefs to instill. And whether or not those beliefs fit and suit your journey well, it really depends on the individual to sit down and, you know, think to themselves, okay, how can I apply this and how will this work for me? A lot of people, they, they might step into the courses and and so they're thinking, okay, well, if I study this hard enough and if I drill this into my brain, then I'm going to be successful. But it takes some type of correlation. It takes some type of symmetry with the idea and with your life and with your mentality and with your approach to things and your overall philosophy, it takes some type of chemistry cooking up there in order for it to actually work out. And so, no, I really like that point that you made because it's an idea and it's a message that I've sort of been um, developing within myself is don't focus so much on the beliefs, just focus on gathering the skills whether that be writing, whether that be reading complicated articles and taking good notes, 
And so that's very important. And um, yeah, no, that's actually beautiful. Do you feel as though advice-driven content is oversaturated in opinion and ideology in regards to what you see on a daily basis and the ideas that are sort of being thrown around on social media, do you feel as though that advice, and we could talk about what advice is because that seems to be a very blurry term, especially nowadays, but do you feel as though this advice is being just drowned in opinion and ideology from whoever hands it? And uh, what are some examples that you could point to if so? Yeah. I, I do think so. I think it ties into what's what's stopping you from giving advice. Anybody can give advice. And the thing with the internet, you hear a lot of voices. That's a pro. The con is a majority of them have the same weight. And so the only, you know, maybe on social media, whether the algorithm likes you or a certain check mark you know the verified check mark separates whether your idea should hold weight but for the most part anyone can get on and say anything and so we're all shaped by the experiences we've had in our own life right and that leads us to believe what we believe if you've lived a life where if you've lived a life where you know, you grew up rich and your parents were constantly working. So you had all the material things you wanted, but you never had the love of your parent. You would say you're unhappy, right? And at the same time, if you grew up with people around you, but never enough food to eat, you'd look at that person and be like, they're talking crazy. But from an outside perspective, you can see in a way how two people's experiences have caused them to come to different conclusions and so and it's justified from from each of their own perspectives and so i think with advice it's the same type of thing people are giving advice that's kind of good and so i think because anybody can just hop on and share what they believe is the solution from their own validated experiences it just leads to a lot of poor discourse especially with what boosts what what we what we optimize for we optimize for views we optimize for fame clout whatever it may be and so if you do out outrageous outlandish shit or have those type of opinions hey any clout is good clout and so you just that's what optimizes so we kind of get a feedback loop where people are looking to whether it's go viral or achieve fame, status, whatever it may be. And so they share their experiences and the shit non-nuance takes short form. The amount of impacts can be packed into a TikTok. Just boom, goes off, goes viral, gets any attention. Some people agree, some people disagree. Controversy sells and that's more engagement. The platforms hosting these love it. That's what we end up seeing. Mm. Would you would you say that there's some benefit to that though with the strategy and obviously the the pushing to get views and to get noticed? Would you say that there's some benefit to that? Well, it's kind of like what we were saying every or earlier. Everyone is just trying to achieve, you know, success for themselves, which isn't a bad thing. I'm I'm trying to achieve success for myself as well. But um if everyone's doing that, 
and by any do the ends justify the means sure your tweet went viral but if you're getting the ick because a person is tying their shoe you know now you you kind of you've gotten your voice out there you've got the numbers up and you, you might be able to do something but is that something first sustainable is that something you're proud of as well is that something that benefits anyone or no it's oh, that's that's how i view it that's how i think about it as well yeah it's almost it's almost like okay how many people out there are truly capable of balancing the sincerity aspect of being a creator with the strategy it's like you said how many people are capable of balancing the strategy with the sincerity because it's like a double-edged sword but typically people tend to lean one way or another either they're very strategic and they kind of lose all sense of their uh of their selves which is why we end up seeing people who end up say breaking down because they're overwhelmed or because they feel as though they're not being themselves and of course that could lead to various other mental things which people tend to go through on social media when trying to push out their image and then we have people who are really sincere but lack strategy completely almost to the point where okay well while they might be giving valuable advice they're not marketing it they're not putting it out there they're not looking at the analytics they're ignoring all of these things which could push their content in favor of, oh, well, I just want to be authentic. I want to be myself, which amazing, but how are you going to get that out? So I was kind of wondering, how do you sort of view that double-edged sword? I don't think I really know. I think it's, it's each own person, you know? If you don't have rent, you, you don't have rent money, you're about to get kicked out, be homeless. Hey, whatever gets those views in. Um, deal with that later for me personally i'm not but it's also kind of like a dance with the devil you're constantly trying to stay afloat and not set yourself up for failure we look back and we look at you know youtube beefs and rap beefs and yeah it generated controversy yeah it got hype it got more views but how much growth is not limitless as much as we pretend that we can sustain limitless growth in this day and age you can't eventually you're going to be a jake paul you're not going to be at the height that you once were whether it was at the top of vine you might be um one of the dancers 2016 you had all those dance songs you had roly you had juju on the beat you had everything and then you kind of ask yourself every now and then you remember wait what happened to those guys and that's not to say it's you know, inherently a bad thing, but like, okay, what, in what situations do you find, okay, I'll make this deal with the devil and do something controversial or something dumb or whatever to get more views. And can you really step back away from it? Or do you kind of get hooked and addicted to it like a drug? And so, um, sometimes for me, if possible, I might bite my words in the future, five years from now, but I'd like to not even enter that type of, that type of, you know, would you rather headspace be oh you know interesting. That's would you rather of, in what respect? Hmm? Are we are we doing like a would you rather with two sort of maybe not extremes, but one way is good, another way is like completely crash out in a sense. Well, I think with the would you rather what I meant is like it's like a would you rather lose an arm or would you rather lose a leg? I'd rather not lose either. So I'm trying to avoid that 
it's a lose-lose, you know? At the end of the day, like, yeah, okay, I'll get these views now and I'll win, but in the long term, you know it's not set up for failure. We look at fidget spinners or all those, or gaming YouTubers, games come and go. And so that's not to say that being a gaming YouTuber is bad because eventually the game is going to become unpopular. But that's to say, like, okay, what am I doing? Am I doing this controversy for um, for more views? And then eventually it's not sustainable. Like, um, I think if you can have a way that you see is somewhat sustainable prior to it, and then you should try and pursue it. And not not everyone has the luxury. I don't even fully see that way. That's a struggle of mine right now. And so whether you, you could look at, okay, do I just need the platform? Do I just need to make a crazy sound song that will get some hype, you know, crazy song. You look at someone like he, right? He had a crazy sound and unique music, and that got him his foot in the door. And then once he got some, he got eyes on himself, he managed to recreate, use that same formula, recreate good music. And now he's very, he's mainstream. And so you look at that, but then also how long will that go? And then we see some shorter declines. We see songs that are, or with TikTok, you see a sound blow up and it's that one person's one hit wonder. They have other good music, but it doesn't match that same first sound that people came for. And so they just kind of are stuck in that, um, they're stuck in that limbo. And so I, I can't say I know. I can't say it's, I know. It's and funny that you mentioned TikTok because I feel like most people tend to forget where TikTok came from. It was very much like musically when it started. A lot of dancing, a lot of cringe, whatever, obviously that that's a thing you had your addison rays you had your um d'amelio sisters I, I forget but that's just an example of the shift that it makes nowadays there's so many algorithms so many rabbit holes that you could go down and it's almost like overwhelming in a sense because you can end up in this pocket or that pocket it wasn't always like that on the internet yeah maybe not but you know you have gaming tiktok you have dance tiktok you have pet owner tiktok you have business tiktok you have red pill tiktok sigma male tiktok you have um all these different things you know everyone yeah. everyone has something everyone has a community that will support them in their beliefs and can we say that's always the best thing? You know, like I said, there was one that there's one of them that I mentioned that brought it, that that you know made you made you <laughs> smile, that made you laugh because yeah, yeah maybe yeah. you know okay, there's a flat Earth TikTok as well, and so should those should people be you know believe that and live their life with that? It's easy for me to say that as well. That no, okay, flat Earth is ridiculous. You shouldn't believe that. Whatever. But, you know, even with politics, how many other people are saying, oh, another person's belief is ridiculous and, you know, and so I don't even know if I want to enter that, that, that realm. So I, I, I'll, I'll just, t I'll t dip my foot in the water for a little bit, but pull it back out. I think both of us are sort of forced to consider even the extremes, even the crazy ideas. Like the ideas that people will stare at and be like, what the fuck? Why are you even considering this? This is like obviously extremely nonsensical. It's blasphemy, stupid. But 
we have an obligation to look into that anyway and consider it because, well, we have to be open-minded individuals. We have to gather our resources. We need to understand how society functions. And that means looking at even the craziest ideas. But for the individual who doesn't necessarily have to do that or doesn't feel obligated to, how do they even approach this vast amount of content? How do they ensure that they don't fall into this sort of trap or this rabbit hole of content? What can they do? That even sparks into another debate whether or not the, that should fall onto the individual or if that should fall onto the platform. But yeah. as an individual, you have to see how much... As an individual, I can't say. I can't say. It's to, it's to your own experience because own experience, I've changed yeah. from the past two years, the content I used to consume, what I used to find interesting. And then I look back six years, drastically different. And so it's easy for me to say now, oh, that's crazy. But if I had that conversation with myself from six years ago, I wouldn't be able to convince him. And so that's that's... That's a that's a difficult thing. That's a difficult thing to make sure you don't fall into those loopholes. Because with the internet, right? You know the quote. You know the quote that wisdom is learning from another. Or a, a, a smart man will learn from his mistakes. A wise man will learn from the mistakes of others, or something like that, right? You're learning from the mistakes of others, in a way, from with the internet. You're learning that. You're learning that, um, hmm, where do I want to go with this? That wouldn't be so, that wouldn't be controversial. But you're learning, you're using other people's experiences, beliefs, contents, and curated presentations to, you know, take a shortcut in, to take a shortcut in life. And so, which isn't inherently a bad thing. So you might learn, you might learn, how do I even want to approach this? Because I want to, the first things that come to mind is like relationship based things, but I don't, I don't even want to touch that. I don't want to touch uh, that. If, if it makes it easier for you, then by all no, means, no, if not, I, I don't want to touch that. I don't want to. Okay. No, but um, <laughs> let me use, okay. Academics. So if you learn, if you learn algebra, right. Or you learn a trick for algebra through a TikTok, while you haven't learned division, You'll know how to do the algebra and you can, you know, in a way, fake it or you somewhat know it, but you don't necessarily know the theory and the reason behind why it works the way it works. So in essence, you learn something that you would have had to learn a year later down your path a lot earlier. Right. And so that might stunt your growth. That might stunt how you view it. But at the end of the day, now you've, you, you see yourself, OK, once you're in the algebra class, you're like, oh, I've seen this before. I'm performing well. This is good for me. But inherently, un, unbeknownstly, you're leading yourself down a poor path. And so I think it's the same with social media. You see how other people act or they you learn from their experiences and try and, you know, get you get a shortcut from certain things without necessarily learning why. I think back to um, think back to a Tupac interview where he, he one girl, a single girl curved him because he was too nice and so and what he saw around him caused him to believe that he had to be a different way but being able to take a step back and recognize some women like nicer people there's in fact no the opposite the other your love interests the group of your love interests 
like a certain a nice type of people and some of them like a meaner type of person find the one that fits for you you know take to be able to take that step back is the wisest path but it's very easy to look at one person's experience and understand and so you kind of without having experienced it yourself you jump through that you jump through that hoop and so now you now you're kind of in a poor position you've you've learned you've learned a, a neat trick that has helped you so far that but you don't you didn't know it actually stunted you you know and so i wanted to touch on that because you said something that really struck me now you know me as a how do i put this in a way all right i won't be biased a stoic fanatic in a sense <laughs> won't be won't be biased <laughs> stoic fanatic that's uh-huh. that's the best way i could put it. whatever fanboy shit call it what you will there's this um term that i seen from a video that i watched a while back and the term was mm. pop stoicism and essentially the whole idea pop. was the stoic philosophy is sort of been transformed into this new form on the internet where it's okay obviously it's very practical but it's very shallow surface level uh philosophy in the sense that it can be misinterpreted and misconstrued in such a way that can actually be a detriment to an individual's life now i'm not going to say that i fell for this trap because i discovered stoicism a long well before it became a trend and I can say that very proudly. Early 2020, very few people were speaking on it at that stage. But having watched those videos, <laughs> having watched those videos, having consumed all that content from then until that point, I didn't necessarily do the best job of looking deeper, of really putting myself in there and really immersing myself within that sort of field. And so... What ended up happening was I had to take that step back, as you said, and I had to get very critical. And of course, in, in the beginning, even even when I adopted, I was sort of like, OK, hold on now. Let's see how this works. Let's look at the detriments, because before then, of course, the self-improvement stuff was sort of up in overdrive. The self-improvement, you had the. Uh, I don't know, just just a lot of consumption of information and advice and beliefs, and so there was that and with that came that sort of natural resistance that i tried building up but obviously it wasn't strong enough because i had to remind myself which very human thing but still the importance of looking deeper the importance of getting critical with your own beliefs and looking deeper into it really questioning what you see it's very hard for somebody to do that and the reason is you see something And there might be a word, there might be a phrase, there might be something which primes this reaction, whether that be a happy feeling, a bad feeling, and and that might determine whether or not you believe this to be true or not. And it might not even be true, but the fact that it primed this positive feeling in you led you to believing that, oh, well, this is true beyond all means and any other alternative is inferior in a sense. I feel as though that's what a lot of people are sort of struggling with, right? Is this sort of 
okay, well, my beliefs have been instilled in me. They've been locked in and they've been deeply embedded into how I function as a human being. And so if I were to suddenly consider another path, well, shit, that would completely compromise me. Their whole world suddenly crashes down. But the truth is your beliefs aren't always objective. They're not always concrete. And so this leads into my next question. Do you think it's more of a challenge to be open-minded in in this world? Because obviously with the internet, as you said earlier, there's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of opinions being thrown out there. And it's very easy. The, The barrier to entry is very, very minimal. Hell, even a child can give their opinion and there's going to be somebody out there who takes that in and agrees whether or not the child is right or wrong, whatever. But do you think it's more of a challenge to be open-minded but in this a world? A couple likes. A couple of likes, whatever. But, the, you know, shit, it's going to do its damage. Do you think it's more of a challenge to be open-minded in a world that empowers strong opinion? Because I really do believe that this world empowers strong opinions. I'm not sure if you agree, but what's your sort oh, of no, take on that? Um, and I'll say this, I'll first off start with this. I don't, I hope I'm not being, not been given an enlightened centrist. Um, oh, you have to see, I hope, I hope I haven't fully given an enlightened centrist, um, view like, oh, I'm so smart because I see both sides. Everyone else that, is that, that might even be an enlightened centrist ideal. <laughs> because, you know, that's, no, and that's, that's. You know, it's a paradox, but it really is a paradox. It's, it's, yeah, we could get lost in this rabbit hole. I, I just got to try my best. Yeah. All, all I could do is try my best. And so, yeah. um, you know, I think polarization sells. Whether with news, the more the more outrageous the article, the headline, the more likely you're going to click on it. The you know the company's profit driven, yeah. and so maybe that's a question to whether or not we should have a system that we should either have a system or platforms that capitalize on those right mm-hmm. whether yeah. or not that's a, that's that might have to be a discussion for another day but to be open-minded in a world that prioritizes polarization i think it's i think it's a bit more difficult in fact mm-hmm. it's time consuming but before you even research the politician for your own side which one you want to vote for it takes time. You have to do some time digging into the candidates. You got to do some time, you know, seeing whether or not what your beliefs about that candidate is misinformation or if it's like from propaganda from the other side. Yeah, it's very and hard to tell the difference too. It, it, that's true. And by the time you come up with your own, okay, well, this is the candidate for my side that I want to vote for. Why is this better than the re- representative for the other side? That takes time as well. And frankly, with such an abundance of information so readily accessible, that's a hard thing. And mm. so it's very easy to pick up the newspaper, click on the article that kind of supports your already beliefs. And so, and I'm not saying that like, I'm, 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 I'm not immune to that. I fall for that as well. I, yeah. No, I definitely do. Um, that's just something that we have to kind of live with and maybe hopefully instill the importance of I, that's the thing i'm i'm pointing out the flaws but i don't have a solution either mm. <laughs> the closest solution is do do without it completely throw away the internet and 
I would. I'm not even for that, right? Hell, yeah, that. But it's 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 a difficult situation to be open minded. To you might you might be platforming an extremist, saying that you're giving them a voice and you're considering another opinion out of open but, mind. Yeah. And, um, but another person would argue that no, open mindedness in this case is bad, and so. Yeah, there's nothing. I, no, I I am being an enlightened centrist with my take right now. But truth of the matter is, all I can say is I don't know. Mm. I, mm. I I believe it's harder to be. I believe it's harder to be open-minded and whether or not something should be tolerable. Yeah, you know, so there are quotes to not. There's a quote about you know, there are quotes about n- not heeding another, not heeding an opposing view will make you blind within yours, right? But then there's also another quote about the worst thing you can do is be tolerable of the intolerance. There are two yeah. quotes that say the opposite thing. But there's wisdom in both of them, you know? And so you kind of have to take it a case-by-case situation. That's what I'll say. That's what I'll end with. What do you think? You brought up another interesting point. First of all, I'd recommend two books for you. It, it might not tell you a solution, but it'll definitely give you an idea or a basis to go off of. Mm. I've mentioned it before, I think, hopefully. There's The Righteous Mind and Thinking Fast and Slow. Those two, mm. they they hit on those topics very well, at least the overall psychology behind it. To touch on the other point about open-mindedness, I think one thing we need to do is we need to draw a bridge or draw a line between open-mindedness and open, openly ex- extreme, being openly extreme, I'd say. I'm not sure. Well, I'm sure there's a difference out there because there's levels to open-mindedness. And you touched on that, of course. At the end of the day, you're going to be primed to believe one thing or another. You're going to lean towards this or that, and that's just sort of how the human brain works. So there's that. The priming, obviously, the the psychology that goes into why people pick sides in the first place. But there's also the idea of rationalization, of moral reasoning, too. There's also the idea of nuance and looking at it from a case-by-case basis and obviously breaking it down into um, into what it truly is, trying to really figure things out. And so when we're thinking about these ideologies and when we're thinking about being open-minded, does that mean just accepting everybody or does it mean taking a closer look than most people would even bother to? I'd say it really does depend. Everyone has their different idea of open-minded. You could probably ask the most closed-off person you know whether or not they're open-minded, and they might say yes. Yes, they're open to all opinions. But we know whether or not that's true, right? We, We see for our eyes whether or not that's the case. And so that's something you need to consider. But I'd say the openly extreme would take in everything and anything, no matter what, and they'd accept it for whatever. They, they just, they'd let it in because, well, what am I to do? I'd say in that sense, it's very careless. And I'd say it's a, it's a lack of understanding of the situation or a lack of care, a lack of effort into understanding the idea which is being promoted. 
the open-minded person can still be critical. The open-minded person can still take a deeper look and question things and be that devil's advocate that that idea needs, perhaps. But I'd say the openly extreme doesn't even play the devil's advocate. Instead, they sort of just consume it. Devil's platformer. Yeah, they basically. The they, they empower mm-hmm. the devil. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's one way of putting it. So, yeah, I'd recommend those two books. They won't give you righteous the direct. Mind. Yeah, The Righteous Mind by Jennifer. I said Jennifer. Jonathan Heights. It's spelled H-A-I-D-T. I'll leave it in the in the link in the description. And then there's Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. K-A-H-N-M-A-N. No, 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 no. K-A-H-N-E-M-A-N, I believe. It'll be there. It'll be there. Anyway, I have a very interesting question for you, Bernie. What's the question, Peter? And... I'm not looking for any detailed answer for this because this is a very, it's, it's a weird question, but do you ever wonder how say that say red pill guy or left wing guy or right wing person, do you ever wonder how they could have turned out in a different realm? So perhaps they have a different ideology, but they're still the same person in a sense. Do you just, I'm just throwing that out there, but do you ever have that sort of, do you ever wonder how say that red pill guy could have turned out under different circumstances? Do you think they'd still keep those same idea, not the same ideals, but the same approach to their ideals. If they were to say switch up or if they had that opportunity to switch up. Oh yeah. We're sh- yeah. We're shaped by, we're shaped by our experiences. I look at some of the things I used to believe in why I believed in those, what it would have taken for me to change that. And it's just kind of different experiences. And so I've experienced a lot now over the course. I feel, I feel like I I definitely believe I've experienced more than the average American. I've lived abroad. Um, I live, I'm born and raised in a poor community. Right. But I went to school in richer communities. So I also saw that side of the, the side of the side of the world, you know? And so I've seen even the poor and rich of both sides in like abroad. And that's not to say I have a, the right stance, but I think that it's past a couple filters. I think it's past. You definitely have, yeah, you definitely have more capacity. Mm-hmm. And so, and, that's for sure. and at that time, if you had told me that I would have gone through these when I was younger, I wouldn't have agreed. It's difficult. It was time consuming. It effectively stopped all my basketball dreams. Um, Ah. so I I didn't yeah. necessarily want to be a hooper hooper for real, but I wasn't, I wasn't ever, it never was an option in my mind because of that trip abroad. Um, even friends nearby being able to hang out with people. Yeah. I wasn't able to, you know, it has its cost and its trade-offs. It has its cost and how it has its benefits. And so all I can do is shine a light on the benefits now because I've gone through those, but yeah, I think mm-hmm. our experiences shape us. If you, some people look at red pill content and be like, no, does not have to be that way. These dudes are chatting. They're just talking bullshit. And then some people look at it and be like, no, that makes sense, bro. They're actually spitting. And some people are like, no, this is actually like, not even just, no, life isn't like that. I disagree. No, it's like, no, complete opposite. Mm. No, it's the other way. This, that, et cetera, you know? And so 
you know, it just kind of depends on your experiences. If you lived through the Great Depression, yeah. you would see investing in the stock market as a dumb idea. You see, as a dumb idea, you would not, um, you would not advocate for it. Um, you keep your money in cash, probably preferably under your bed or under a tile on the floor, and that would be smart. Nowadays, mm. I would, or you might keep it in the yeah, bank or the bank as well. Then if you live through the bank, if you live through the bank crash, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's when things become mm-hmm. very, yeah, and crazy. And 30 years ago, college was not an option for anyone. Like, nobody really thought about college as an option unless you wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer or some shit. It was, it was not part of anyone's plans. You just kind of maybe inherited the family business or you just got a local job in your small town. And so with that being said, after the 2008 crash, after the dot-com bubble crash, after all those crashes, people were like, wait a minute, the previous American dream didn't work. You couldn't just, you know, just live your life and, you know, life is good. You have to kind of make something for yourself. And so we see the rush with a good chunk, a majority of millennials now rushing over to college because back then the college degree did a lot. The college degree was perceived as more valuable, right? And now we're in a situation where almost everyone's getting a college degree. Almost all entry-level positions require a bachelor's degree or whatnot, and it's become the norm. And so before, people saw it as like, a, oh, this is my third door. This is my third door, so I won't have to live through those crashes again. And now almost everyone has it. If everyone has it, is it really valuable? Yes, it's still valuable. Is it worth what you have to pay, though? That's the question. So it's that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. We're all shaped by experiences, and that tangent. I don't know if I should have gone on that full tangent. My fault. But um, shit, no. Feel feel as much as you but, need. Yeah, to. the the Trust whole me. whether you're a red pill or left right or or left right whatever belief that has something else on the other end of it. I think you can turn out very differently. You wouldn't. Aaron Yeager would not be the extremist he was if he didn't at the ripe age of what, 11, watch his mom get picked up, murdered. You know, you, you felt you felt too weak to, you, you tried to lift it up and you were too weak, you were too strong. The person I literally just dragged you away said, you, were too, you weren't strong enough, right? And I was too weak to face the Titan. And so now you grow up thinking, I need power. I need power. If you grow up poor, you grow up. I, I I don't know. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Because for me, it's kind of like a dance with the devil. I want, I want monetary success, and I recognize this because I grew up without having a lot of things. My parents have never, and my household has never made a com- more than a combined income of forty thousand dollars, and I think it's even less than that. You know, they're both immigrants as well, and so, you know, I want things more, and I've value m- money and whatnot you know what i'm saying i want to be able to have those but then another person that you know i had enough you know just want you know might only focus on you know i just want to make sure i have a good set of people around me why are you trying so hard etc so to give that long detailed ass answer when it wasn't needed that's just kind of how i see it so interesting and honestly i don't think it could be expressed enough how important experience is and obviously that ties into also being open-minded, understanding how experiences shape people, understanding how that changes the way in which people perceive the world. What you consume from the day you are conceived to the day that you will exist today, that ultimately shapes 
who you are as a person, what type of person you are, how you engage with the world, the way you think. It isn't necessarily the fact that, oh, well, these are facts that I just picked up. No, those are beliefs that were implanted in you through time. And the more people understand that, I I think the more open-minded they'll be. And you mentioned a lot of things and how I'm even thinking back to my life. Of course, both of my parents being immigrants, um, not necessarily high income individuals, especially at the start when I was a baby, younger, toddler, child, up till now where, of course, they're making bigger strides because that's how my parents are. And obviously seeing that as a kid going through the recession and all of these various events in history, it builds that sort of mentality of you got to be a go-getter. You have to be ambitious. You have to make sure that you grow and succeed so that you can provide for the individuals who took care of you. That's sort of the idea that I built up. And of course, over time, we've experienced new things and hell, we met each other online and we met so many other people online who also fed us different ideas and we probably consumed some of that too. And that changed the way we see things. And now we're more so focused on living this balanced lifestyle of, well, of course I want the success, but I want to have a solid mindset at the same time. I don't want to be successful and depressed. I don't want to be successful and overly egotistical and egomaniac in a sense. You want to be successful and still be the sort of still, calm, happy, satisfied individual, which is asking for a lot. And it's very hard to That's why we're find dreamers. that balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the I dream. Think- those are no, to dream dreaming is you know i've journaled about it dreaming is inherently childlike or at least it's most associated with when you're a child you know you're, you're told you can be anything and so it's kind of childish in a way and unrealistic but it's because of that that we dream you know and so nah i <laughs> Shit, it's I a mean, lot to ask for it's a lot and Man, I'm getting a lot of reminders today because I journaled about a dream earlier today, too. And um, I don't know. It got me thinking of something. I can't remember what exactly, but it definitely had to do with sort of the the goals that I have and whatever. But it, it sort of reminded me of this realization that I picked up recently about the fact that, OK, of course, while you have to be that logical person, while you do have to be a conformist to some extent, while you do need to um, be critical about what you do, you also have to carry that child within you, that imaginative, intuitive, maybe sort of impulsive, but creative individual that's inside of you, right? So you have that, and I feel like that's extremely important. But I do want to take this away from well not necessarily away but to bridge into the next sort of topic obviously you have your direction and we've talked a lot in the past about the direction and how we should approach this life because we're both striving individuals and we like to bounce off of each other various ideas and thoughts and 
whatever. Every conversation ends with the head pounding and just shit ideas going. Mm. So how goes your search for direction? This is more so a personal question, but how goes your search for direction? How's that going for you? <laughs> you could have asked me at a worse time. <laughs> ah, hey, that's perfect, actually. Go on. Um, Let's go. So I'm currently right now. Right now, ties into the patients that we might end up talking about later. But right now, I've lived through a couple months, a month or two or three, right? A Mm. very intensive work that feels wasted or feels like I didn't see a fruit of my labor, right? Which is disheartening. It's disheartening, right? So after all the grinding for college, right? to maintain academic success while also still pursuing my own personal volitions. Right. After I did all that, struggled through, right? The whole, I keep going, right? After I did all that and I had the letters on my transcript that I wanted to see, it felt like, I just didn't know. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, I, I, it didn't segue into another path of growth or it didn't immediately segue into another path of growth. I didn't... I, the internship interviews I had all ended up dwindling off and ended up with rejections or ghostings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it was disheartening. And so killed motivation in that sense. Um, coincidentally, or at the same time, I also kind of worked a job that was very unfulfilling and in a way de- depressing. And to think to myself that I'd have to be doing this for eight hours each day was, yeah, was disheartening, right? Mm-hmm. And it felt, and then when I was crunching all the numbers for um, rents and tuition and all that, and I saw what it would take for me to be able to even just not go, not spiral downwards financially, so I'm not winning financially. I'm just not spiraling downwards, right? Yeah. I'm not. And there is I'm not living lavishly. Yeah. I'm not traveling. I'm not going on vacations. I'm not getting new things or whatever. I'm not getting new experiences. I'm just not going into debt, right? I'm not going into the very common American debt. Like the work that it would take and this uh, the situations I'd have to find my, in myself that weren't available. It all, it all feels very hopeless. And I feel like I've relied too much on the logical side of me because that's kind of killed direction for me. Right now, I've had I've been the free, freest in terms of schedule-wise. I've been the freest with what I want to do. And I'm going to be for pretty much the next three months, right? Right. And yet, now that I've had a majority of my obligations lifted off me, I feel, feel lack of direction. And now I feel like I'm trying to rediscover myself. Yeah. I don't feel that ambitious anime-esque motivational movie version of myself that I've known for since March of, no, not March, since June of 2020. I don't feel like him as much anymore. Mm. But at the same time, I've come a long way. I don't procrastinate as much as he used to. The personal vices I had with social media and the internet and whatever i'm i've kind of overcome them the comfortability with un, the comfortability with doing uncomfortable things i've kind of bridged that and so you yeah. can see that whether it's networking and giving public speeches talking in front of um 
4,000, volunteering to talk in front of 4,000 students um, or talking to girls. Like, it's not a difficult thing to me anymore. I've learned, but at the same time, like, the price, it, it, it reminds me of the quote of the price of getting what you wanted is getting mm. what you once wanted, you know? And so now mm. I'm struggling to find direction. I've grown in almost all aspects of my life except really financially. And so, and so it's like a first world problem of, I don't really, I, it's kind of like, okay, now you achieved a good chunk of your goals. Now what, right? Can you, can so, I, can I touch on what you said real quick? There's one thing that really stuck out to me. When you say you feel as though you've taken too much of a logical approach, I I agree. I agree almost wholeheartedly because, okay, to touch on what you said about, um, hell, even like with immigrants, the first world problem, this is very much a first world problem because the the immigrant might look at this or the foreigner might view this and say, why, why the hell is this such an issue for you? Why, why the, why the hell are you even complaining about this? What lack of direction? What you live in America. There's so many ways you could go. Uh (laughs) And I know, I know, I know our, I'm sure I'm like 90% sure your parents have at least hinted towards that sort of thought process, at least in a sense, am I right or wrong? Yeah, for the most part. Some, or at least yeah. they don't understand it. They they don't yeah, necessarily right. sympathize with it. Yeah. It's very much a, a first world problem because the idea of the immigrant is I need to get out of this situation by maybe not by whatever means, but I'm willing to risk a lot of things. And I'm willing to play very dangerous games. I'm I'm willing to throw away the logic. I'm willing to go a little crazy. And when I say I agree with the fact that you're being too logical, it's not because logic is a bad thing. Obviously, it helped you get this far. It got you through college. It got you through the crazy fucking work routine, the ethic that you had to display over the course of months. It got you through that. But in that, the creativity wasn't being developed. And I truly believe that creativity is something which needs to be developed. And it takes a little bit of fiddling around and making mistakes and looking stupid or being stupid even to a certain extent because you need to open up the floodgates of the imaginative mind and that's how ideas sort of come to fruition maybe there's a better way of explaining this maybe there's someone out there who can explain this idea better than me hell i'm still sort of trying to figure it out for myself but when it comes to being creative when it comes to having that imagination that nash that natural curiosity of course you tapped into that in some respects when it came to speaking in front of people speaking to women networking all this stuff it takes a certain level of intuitiveness but at the same time i think in order to really see that through it takes a shift in mindset it definitely takes a different approach and i'm not sure what that approach necessarily looks like Maybe I need to look into my journal. I'm not sure, but what do you think? I'm curious. Well, what's the exact question about? I'd say because if you're dealing with the lack of creativity and maybe not lack of creativity, but you feel as though you don't necessarily have the the mindset to achieve that cultivation of creativity, how 
would you go about maybe changing? How are you going about making that shift, if at all? What are you looking into? What ideas are you considering in order to make that sort of shift into becoming that more creative person? Because I know it's going to happen at some point. It's bound to happen. Third door, right? Mm. The third door. I love that book, man. I'm I'm so glad you finally read it. I'm going to read it when we get off of this because I'm like halfway done, but I am enjoying Mm. it a lot so far. Yeah. I need to reread it for like the fourth time, I think. (laughs) God damn. Fourth time. That book has... that's a book that you that I need to that I love reading and that I will also put that in the description. And so the third door. Elliot Bisno said adventures only happen to the adventurers, right? Yeah. So I have to be adventurous. That's one thing. It's actually my favorite first of my all. favorite chapter. Yeah. yeah, no, that no. I keep I visit I visit. That's a chapter I've revisited so many times. Yeah. And so adventures only happen to the adventurous. And so I have to the logical route. Logically, I can't necessarily get to my goal. Right? Mm. I have to take a couple gambles. I have to take a risk, right? In the sense of I have to get myself out there. I have to go to different events. I have to network with different people. I have to just befriend different people, experience different things. And this is a great period of time to do that. And so I need to do that. First of all, I need to explore more because right now, as it is, I just kind of have to wait for next year before things. No, actually, I have to wait till I get my degree until things really pick off for me or I feel like I'm winning, which I I'm stubborn, so I'm not going to accept that. And Definitely so, not waiting that long. Hell no. Exactly. And so yeah. meet new people. I have to meet new people, meet new experiences. Nothing's going to come from me staying in my room all day. Nothing's going to come from me solely working on my business either. Because some, every other, every small business, all the small businesses that fail, all the small businesses that sustain themselves, everyone is a a good a majority of them are highly motivated individuals that work very hard. And so it's it's not just working hard, right? But it's also making your work go further than it is. If I work hard in um if I work hard in a um, poor area school and I get good grades, that's, you know, pretty good and so on and so forth. But if I work hard in a San Francisco high school where my classmate is phoebe gates my classmate's mm. the son of an nfl you know what i'm saying yeah and i work hard I, I put the same 40 hours of week that other person in detroit detroit public school does my work is going to go a lot further and so i just kind of have to expose myself that's kind of what i have to do right it's not just being competent in my own business but okay do can i find a mentee, mentor can i meet new people can i introduce myself into a new network and you know go from there so that's part of it another thing as well is being more unrealistic and being slightly more illogical and i kind of have to tap into that because that's what got me here in the first place and my illogical you think to yourself logically only one percent of people can get an act score of 34 or above right that's extremely unlucky and or that's the odds are against me and this and that and all this and that right so they say yeah yeah and so well no that's literally statistics released right getting a 34 in the act 
I do have a question about that real quick. Yeah, do up? you believe do you believe it's extremely unlikely because the mindset that people have in a, in regards to approaching that makes the odds that extreme or is it really because of just the well i, I guess it's both in the it, sense, i was gonna say both because yeah. you still you still prepare yeah. or a good chunk of people still prepare and you get the score that you get with the preparation right, right. and the working hard yeah. and the studying but then how many of those people say no i want to get a score above a 30 and so i'm scouring the re- internet meeting different act tutors in fact this is exactly what i did meeting different act tutors breaking down the test and understanding where i lose points being very unrealistic and saying i didn't have to lose that point why did i is it because i didn't know i didn't know pythagoras theorem i'm gonna keep it's, it's widely known right is it because i didn't know this okay well now i learned it so that's a guaranteed point if i come across it right um is it Okay, the science section, what's my strategy for it? Why did, you know, just under, being very stubborn and, okay, why did I lose those points? And so some people might say, oh, you're, you're just smart or whatever. You're just lucky or whatever. And that's why you got the good score. But if I didn't believe, if that was the case, so be it. But if I didn't believe it and I didn't break down the test like that, I wouldn't have scored so highly on it. And so um, that's how I see it as well. I see it as well. I ha- you, It takes some illogical... Um, some being illogical it takes some being unrealistic and saying no i don't accept the clear out of just you know study math study whatever one month you know what i'm saying i've I met with so many tutors um found so many different communities um regarding this sort of thing found some illegal sites that illegal not that i i saw the upcoming questions but illegal that act doesn't allow you to see um no it's not illegal no it's just taken down actually no i'm wording that wrong but it's basically it's like okay past past exams using past exams to see how it is it's not it's not easy to access those right and so um i took those type of routes to perform well in it and that's that's kind of how i see bouncing back as well i need to be illogical the, the path of just, you know, okay, well, working hard, you know, work hard, do well in college. That's not going to get me to the goals that I want. And because of that, is that a stray cat? Oh, well. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it takes more being illogical. I, I got to meet more people that, um, you know, that might be able to connect me with so-and-so, that might be able to show me how to, you know, make something for myself that might support me you know and so that's kind of how it is i actually want to yeah yeah i do want to touch on something that you said because you brought up another very interesting point and this takes me back to a podcast that i watched a while ago and it was jocko interviewing admiral nick raven and they were touching on Navy SEALs and the work ethic and obviously the mentality it takes to be a Navy SEAL. And they were talking about the training and the various missions that they went on and just the overall mentality. And they touched on something during the the training process, which is, okay, the instructors tell you that you need to follow this, this, and that in order to succeed, right? Well, they give you like this set of, of rules, codes, and all that when it comes to approaching a certain drill. Some people would go out their way to manipulate that in a sense or to 
find the various exploits or whatever or to go around certain rules which in in a sense they weren't breaking any rules because obviously there's those strict things which you you shouldn't do there there's the listed you can't do this if you do this then you're violating something but they found the gray areas they found various ideas and various uh, tactics which weren't necessarily explained. They they found that sort of gray area which they could exploit in order to get something done faster. And those individuals tended to actually be better SEALs than those who went extremely by the book, straight by the book. And so I feel like that that really does tie into what you said about taking that extra step because the ordinary individual would, okay, well, they might study the textbook for a month straight and pray that they succeed. And if not, it's a, well, oh, I guess you're just intelligent then. I, I guess, I, I guess, okay, well, you got a very high ACT score. You, you're, oh, you're just smarter than the rest of us. But no, it, it takes a little bit of madness that they just didn't have. They didn't have the, the sort of intuition to be like, okay, well, how can I find a way around this? How can I, how can I really maximize the possibilities of me succeeding in this test or assignment or even field for that matter? And so I feel like that really does create that gap between that small percentage that can do it and exceed and the people who sort of just either are regulated to this mediocre level or simply don't succeed at all no that's very profound thought and i i think i think it it reminds me of what you what you've been saying reminds me of the whole we try to act like i made a tiktok where i said luck is something outside of our control and so we try and pretend like it's not there right Mm. i'm not sure if you remember it and so we try and pretend like it's not there that luck is not a part of it and we try and control the things we can't control. Yeah. And so the things we can control, you could say I'm lucky because the tutors gave me a chance, right? And you could say I'm lucky because I met those communities, right? And that they took yeah. me in. And you could say I'm lucky that I had the social skills to even reach out to you know, those certain types of people. And so because it's, but that, that is something we can control. You know, that is something we can control. And it's not a guarantee. If you perform a surgery with an 80% success rate and you fail, it's a 20% success rate. That's one in five, right? But that doesn't mean that the that it's flawed. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that the um the process you have is flawed. Eventually it's either it's it's gonna or you, you it's a calculated risk, right? And so that whole separating yourself. Yeah, no, that's a very real thing. It's a, yeah, to be unrealistic and not take no for an answer. Yeah, it makes a it, it makes a good movie, makes a good storyline, but it also makes a good it, it life. It does make well. good life, and the more people realize that, the more fulfilling things can be. Now, of course, there are those individuals who take that message and run away with it completely, whether that be just mm. whatever they might indulge in, however many things they can before it's all said and done because to them the idea of fulfilling life and reaching their goals is to experience as much of life as possible and of course that can be the case for some individuals but i won't say all also 
the fact that yeah of course you have to be a bit crazy i feel as though you're definitely taking the right approach and i'm i'm relating to it because i'm sort of trying to do the same thing in the sense of getting out there more and putting myself in those situations where I can get lucky. Like you mentioned in your TikTok, you're putting yourself into scenarios where you can get lucky, which people don't necessarily take into consideration either. The person who gets lucky in a lot of cases positions themselves because you used the, the bird poop analogy and it's a, it's a very goofy analogy, but it makes the most sense. You walk across the sidewalk in which there is like a lot of bird poop. It's covered in that shit. Like birds like to poop there for whatever reason. And so if mm-hmm. bird poop lands on you for whatever reason, of course it's unlucky that that happened to you, but look at what you walked on. You have the clean pavement to your side and you chose to step into a zone in which the probability of you getting that bird poop was more likely and so that's where the luck factor plays in so is the case with going to those events going to those hell even parties um just getting involved getting engaged with those individuals that can raise that probability and perhaps that comes in the form of information perhaps that comes in the form of collaboration but whatever the case is you're increasing the likelihood of your success and thus the luck suddenly becomes a benefit. It becomes that benefactor that you need. And so, yeah, uh, that's a very interesting point to sort of continue on with this topic. Of course, you wanted to speak on having patience and obviously the Mm. delayed gratification. Now I do want to touch on the patience a little bit before the delayed gratification, because the patience is a very hard thing to sort of understand. And that's coming from a very impatient person in myself. Impatient in, in, in most Same regards. Here. I want to see things happen quick. And maybe it's not necessarily the success, because if it were the, the whole success thing, then I wouldn't be doing this in the first place. I understand how long it takes. But as far as getting the work done, and as far as having that information, just having the tools. I want it as fast as possible. I'm just wondering, how do you deal with that patience? How have you tried developing it? How are you sort of approaching this? I should be asking you because <laughs> the whole situation I'm in right now is because I'm impatient. And so um, I said it like, okay, I applied to all these internships and scholarships and I was getting curved, 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 doing all this interview prep and whatnot. And I, it just felt like it was a waste of time. And so sometimes it's, you're sticking your head down and saying, nope, I just got to keep on going, keep on going. Eventually it's going to pay off. And then sometimes it's a case of you were in the wrong place and, you know, you just were mining down the wrong vein, you know, you know, that um, image of, um, someone that's mined a long way and they gave up right before they hit the diamonds, right? Right before they hit the diamonds, mm-hmm. yeah. I and know there's some is. people that are mining and there were never diamonds in the first place. How do you know when to pull out and restructure and when? how do you know that you just got to keep on foraging? Um, I think it got to be, for me, how I go about it. 
Actually, no, I want to hear what you... I know you asked me the question, but I want to hear because I want to know what you have to say about it because I... <laughs> Where do I begin? Giving you a... This might be a blind leading the blind right now, but yeah. It, we'll, it could be. Uh, I'll try my best, though. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Patience. Hmm. Now, patience, I had to develop for myself. No one really taught me patience. If anything, all the lessons I've been taught on patience from other people have probably made me a more impatient person. Um, (laughs) Okay, well, I have a pretty stupid... It's not a story, but it's an experience. And, of course, I was like... I I was very heavy into soccer as a kid. Into my teenage years, pre-quarantine, heavy into soccer. I wanted to be a soccer player. Hell, I imagined myself playing for Manchester United. So early on in my life, Manchester City. Sorry, I I need to make that correction because I was a City fan. I was yeah. never a United fan. But yeah, so I had that sort of imagination. And so the ambition was always there, but I was a very, very head, is headstrong the right word? I was a stubborn idiot in a sense that I wasn't thinking about the amount of practice that I had to put in or how to set myself apart from other individuals. And I wasn't looking into the, the, the uh, strategic aspect of becoming a soccer player or conditioning myself. I was thinking about just the goal itself and I wanted it to happen quick. I wanted to get on those travel teams as fast as possible without really keeping in mind all the other things, how to even get there in the first place, how to prime myself, how to condition myself, putting myself into the right headspace to even reach that point. And so obviously that happened. That was a phase of my life. And then quarantine happened. And so suddenly I'm on this sort of shit, call it what you will, arc of trying to become a solid individual in this world, because at that point I wasn't satisfied with who I was course love myself i wasn't i never became depressed of course that was always a chance and but it never happened god willing and of course picked up a lot of information so now i'm at this point where nowadays um it's about growing the empire the business and helping everyone around succeed and that's another goal in itself and it's huge it's massive and it's scary and it takes a lot of patience Looking out, I believe setting long-term goals has its benefit when it comes to patience. Because when you're thinking about your goal and perhaps it's to become self-sustainable and live on your own and make decent income, and of course, that's a reasonable thing. But yeah, of course, it's very easy to become impatient when you're getting started and when you're really getting into it because that's all that's on your head. You're not thinking past that. And at the same time, you're also not really considering the the hardships or maybe you are considering the hardships, but you're not giving them as much thought as the benefits. And so the benefits easily overpower the hardships. And then suddenly, well, damn, we're sitting in this position where time is moving very slow. The effort, the goal is moving very slow and that can really consume you. What I learned is Every day that I spend ultimately affects this goal one way or another. And I could go into detail about the long-term goal process, YouTube channel, clothing brand, uh, business full and franchise brand. uh, Hell, that could turn into 
Is that stray cat still bothering you? Bro, I don't even know, man. I'm just hearing some rustling. I don't know if it's a rabbit or a stray cat. So, Shit, whatever. Yeah, my fault. Go I ahead. hope they're getting good information. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there's that. There's, hell, the YouTube channel, maybe that turns into the clothing brand or the clothing brand helps the YouTube channel, whichever way it goes. Uh, I'm betting on either either or. There's that that turning into a brand that helping other people's brands transform and get on the same level that turning into help, maybe even a venture capital of some sort, some type of mini version of that. And then long term, long term architecture, building um, solid communities, villages. You know, I, I talked to you about the whole idea of having communities that can actually engage with each other. Another first world problem. But anyway. The idea is I tried to think of every day in the sense of whatever I do, no matter what, will ultimately affect the progress. It'll ultimately affect the goal that I'm trying to achieve. And in that respect, I need to be aware of just how massive this goal really is. And I don't want to underestimate it in any way, shape or form, because no matter how confident I am, this is a goal that very few people can achieve. And it takes, obviously, I got to be a little bit crazy, but I also need to have that patience. I need to have that discipline and I need to take with every loss or with every setback what I can so that I can be better, not even for the next day, but just for today in general. And I need to continue to consume as much information as possible. And so finding the fun in that too helps with the patience in, in regard, because I, I wasn't the biggest fan of reading up until two years ago. I hadn't read a single book, willingly did not read a single book from like, I gotta, I gotta remember, it had to be elementary school, elementary school from elementary school till two three years ago i hadn't willingly read a single book Mm. at all i I never even considered it but then suddenly i found the value in reading because it helps me or it helped me to achieve my goals and suddenly that transformed into just having a love for reading as a whole experiencing these different stories these different perspectives ideas from these individuals and so being able to take that quality and, and hell now i'm writing a book so Seeing how that turned out, it's crazy how life works. But yeah, just you have to be able to sprout from these various sort of actions that you're taking. Maybe you could look at it from like a militaristic standpoint. These like checkpoints, you're feeding into these checkpoints, you're adding on maybe troops, you're uh, increasing the the supply line, you're increasing the training or whatever to these checkpoints so that they can remain strong so that they can battle the resistance of that goal that you're sort of approaching. And I try to look at that in that respect. And so I'm thinking, how can I improve my reading strategy? How can I read more in less time? How can I take away more information? How can I remember things better? I made a lot of references to things that I watched months ago, weeks ago, your TikTok you brought it up and instantly the memory just sparked up. That wasn't really a skill I, I had before, um, especially in that much detail. I'm surprised. It, it surprised me even. But that's a skill that I had to develop so that I can 
be on this journey so that I can become a creative, just having that memory. So that that's another example. But hell, even with the recording, just the the specifics, I'm trying to understand the specifics more. I don't want to group up what I'm doing into this one entity. I, I want to be able to treat each thing as they deserve. I want to be able to take away from each thing the quality of that specific skill or that specific function. I want to be able to understand its value and understand its importance. And so that helps with the patience as well is if I don't understand this stuff, then I can't hope to achieve whatever goal. If I can't get the fullest understanding, if I can't love this the right way, and if I can't look at it in the right way, if I can't use it the right way, then what am I to do? And, and that's sort of the step that I'm still sort of trying to figure out, especially with health social stuff, because I'm not the networking type of person. I like to stay home and relax and chill. And when I'm successful, hell, I might become a hermit. That's not out of the realm of possibility. I might be that successful dude who doesn't leave the house more than once a week or once a month. Interesting. I find it was, if I'll real quick for someone that yeah, loves ahead, to hear other opinions so much so that you yeah. made a podcast I'm surprised that networking <laughs> and meeting different people would not be on the agenda it's certainly a new skill it's something that I still need to sort of find the joy in of course recently I've been able to find more enjoyment out of doing it but naturally I'm an introvert and being in those large social scenes can get fairly, I want to say uncomfortable, but kind of nerve wracking and maybe not even nerve wracking, just tiring and exhausting. So, you know, that's whatever you deal with it and you find the value in it. But that's sort of the point is finding the value in doing things, especially the things that scare me, continuing to challenge myself in such a way, continuing to in- innovate, look for the next challenge it takes my mind away from the huge task at hand because now I'm thinking about, okay, how do I want to make this video different or what approach do I want to take this time? What avenues do I, do I want to look into this time around so that I can see this through? Let's, let's try something different. Let me challenge myself a bit more. Let me step out. Going to another state by myself was not within the realm of, I wouldn't say not possibility because I definitely could have made it happen a year ago if I really wanted to, but it wasn't anything I considered because to me it was like, whoa, hold on now. I'm stepping too far deep. I'm I'm going to fall into the deep end. I can't even fucking. Yeah. So nowadays, looking back, what scared me a year ago no longer does. And so now I'm looking at these next sort of. I guess, task or milestones. And I'm looking at them with that confidence, with that sort of, you said you were missing something in a sense, that sort of dog-like anime mentality. And I know exactly what you mean. It's just hard to really put it into words. But the way in which I activated it is I look at what scares me in the sense that I know I need to do it so that I can reach that next step so that I can open more opportunities. But that hesitation is there and you can feel it. And in that sense, I try to take from that as much, maybe not excitement, but just sort of amping myself up like, yeah, this is the next thing I need to dive in. I need to really 
push myself in there and whatever comes out of it. If I fuck up, I don't care. Just, I, I got to do it. So that's sort of what takes me away from the sort of impatience is that constant challenge. And there's always going to be a challenge there. It's just about how you sort of approach it. I I hope that helped because I went on a very long tangent, but I really like the checkpoints. I like the checkpoints yeah. and I like the, the acknowledgement of the dog if you have that dog in you, man. <laughs> oh man, you I like need that. it. And yeah. honestly, there's there's always certain elements which, in which the dog might not always be there, or maybe you need to put more effort in. And of course, I that exists in my life too. But with enough effort, with enough just sort of keeping at it, it's gonna emerge. So I think. The more you find those opportunities, definitely taking advantage, finding inspiration too, finding that inspiration. You know, my inspirations have changed over the years. At one point, it was Aaron Yeager. At one point, it was, hell, Goku. If you really want to go all the way back, hell, the reason why I even started exercising in the first place, it had to be Goku, undeniably. Dragon Ball, and, and One Punch Man was definitely like the, that one just set everything off into motion. That was the, the fucking spark. But there was that. And then, shit, even Aaron, to some degree, put me in that sort of headspace. And nowadays, it's hell vagabond. I have no enemies. I have no Reading enemies that as a nigga. Villain Saga? You read that? No. Vagabond. I have not read Villain Saga, but I watch it. But you need to read fucking Vagabond. You got to understand something. This depiction of Miyamoto Musashi... Especially at the beginning. In the beginning, he's a very wild individual. Very wild. He does not give two fucks. He will, if he sees a challenger, he is going to fucking murder them, right? He was that type of individual. Fairly impulsive. All he wanted to do was be the strongest. He wanted to be invincible under the sun. Was sort of a thought that stuck with him. Mostly due to the fact that his father was sort of push maybe not even pushing him the father didn't really love his kid like that or he didn't treat him like he loved him but that's sort of like i want to prove this man wrong i want to be stronger than him type of mentality that drove him a lot and so he always had that intensity with him even from the beginning but that transforms over the course of the manga over the course of the manga he experiences certain things he runs into the monk uh when he's caught by the town and hell he's about to get executed but the the monk saves him i believe no 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 some individual who he later fights later all right don't spoil it don't spoil it saves him and whatever i I won't spoil it too much but essentially the idea is you watch as he grows and the intensity remains there but the approach is different the mentality changes over time but that intensity that ambition that needs to get better that like no this is the path that i chose and i can't let anyone divert me away from it no matter how strong that pool is because he does have a lover obviously there's there's that girl and he he really he it might be a wiser choice to go with her hell in in some respects but he wants to be a swordsman in any other respects hell if he wanted to be a blacksmith yeah go go ahead but he wants to be a swordsman. He wants to be a respected swordsman. He wants to challenge the the toughest swordsman in, in Japan. He wants to 
go on this journey of the samurai of the warrior and in that sense it takes some degree of isolation it takes a degree of distance and you don't want to have too many distractions and he's battling with that too at the same time do i settle down and do i live a life of peace or do i continue on this path where obviously it's affecting me in some sense but you're gaining wisdom at the same time it's very nuanced it's very much real world like but that's helped me in the sense of um yeah you definitely need to maybe not necessarily narrow your your direction but you definitely need to set your focus towards something and start shooting fair enough if that makes sense this has to do with does yeah. this have to do with me walking two paths of you know the college route and entrepreneur route and all that would you say i like to i like to say that you can probably you can handle both but i can't say that you can succeed in both mm. if that makes sense <laughs> i think with college i think with college obviously you could get away with getting the degree but if you want to excel, it takes a different type of approach. It takes a, a, a strong mentality, a very strong one. And, of course, that comes with its benefits, but it also comes with its detriments. Mm-hmm. The fact that you need to sort of throw away other avenues to focus on getting that degree, to focus on getting it at the highest level. I think it takes a sacrifice. For most successful entrepreneurs, though, who did take the college approach, it wasn't necessarily their main focus in the sense they had the college there but i guess you need to find a way in which it all meshes together what way can you take this entrepreneur-like approach while attending those classes and and what way can you take that college life and transform it in a way in which it benefits you is that possible and what can you do now within your free time to set those foundations? Because, well, you have the next three months, but how can we set those foundations so that we can see this through and see a blossom? I think, well, a an outside-of-the-box way that's not along the common, like, route path that I'm seeing yeah. that combines both could possibly be tutoring. A tutoring business is one way I could view it. And another thing as well is getting getting enough of a foothold in the entrepreneurship path that I know that, okay, I don't have to get straight A's. I can get B's, straight B's, maybe one C, right? And But I also have this business that I'm working on that is growing, right? the growth of this business is consistent. And so I get the degree and certification, which would undoubtedly help the things I'm learning. I can implement it into my business as well. But at the end of the day, it's always that big issue of, you know, starting and gaining some gaining momentum from nothing. And so, Mm. yeah. Yeah. And then three months, the three months, what I can do in the three months, what I can do first, seek some mentors one of the flaws of and or something that i'm noticing a lot on the online space or not on the online space but from people whose knowledge i highly regard is the concept of young people um 
looking to just simply increase monetary compensation, but not yeah. increase knowledge, right? And so this could be seen as yeah. we're out here trying to earn, not learn, right? And so we're between two jobs, right? A $10,000 difference yearly. Um, one where I'd be in more of an in-charge position, and then the other where I'd be more taught. There are people above me, right? And so which one would you take? A majority of us would take the $10,000 one, the 10000 plus one, even though we are in charge and we don't really have many people to learn from, right? Because bills got to yeah. get paid, man. Cost of living is on the rise up. You just graduated. You got to pay off this degree. But I'm seeing that there's benefit in taking the other job where you have a lot of people above you who you can schedule lunch meets with and uh, uh, lunch lunch meetings with and learn from them and learn how to get to their level and have, make connections and you know what I'm saying? This and that. And so I think it's kind of like um, I'm tr I'm trying to learn as well. And so setting myself up to find I, – I do have mentors, right? I have mentors that um, I'm going to be in touch with as well over the summer, but even finding more for different facets of my life so I can just expose myself to highly regarded information. Those people, sure, they could pick up a – microphone and make a youtube channel podcast and start giving advice right and technically they'd be another okay, voice yeah. but in my mind they've passed that certification one of the mentors i'm seeing is uh a vice president for a investment bank right and the vice president for an investment bank another one is an ivy league graduate that worked at one of the um that worked in tech right for a high a huge a huge bank that then later that he later left and has started to pursue his own more his own life right where he's more of an entrepreneur and he does the things he values right hiking living in a van and seeing the world for what it is etc all these things right mm -hmm. and so those yeah. people in my eyes they've they've passed they've passed the qualifications that i need before i want to you know before i think they should i should take their advice and so like we talked about earlier and that's one thing that i see and so i'd want to reach out with them and use that to learn more rather than just earn man it's it's a combination of on one end you have to have a very high level of confidence in yourself but you also have to have that humility that humility in in regards to just how where you are in where you're starting you're just getting started you're just learning you are stepping into a field that you have well let's take the safe assumption here and let's assume that we don't know too much about what we're diving into because that's the safe assumption to make i think for anybody and it's probably the smart assumption to make and so while you're confident in your abilities to make that ascension, you also have to understand that you have a lot to learn and there's a lot to consider. And there's a lot of experience out there that can teach you how to sort of approach this thing. Yeah, very, very good, thoughtful insight, honestly. Now, do you have any mentors you're also seeking out as well or people you're learning from apart from really content? And what's stopping you from reaching out? Pull a third door. What's you know what's stopping me from reaching out is I don't know who to seek, if I'm being honest with you. 
I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a hundred percent transparent here. With what I'm doing, finding a mentor who's on a similar path is extremely difficult because the levels, the amount of levels, first of all, are immeasurable. Who do I speak to? Who's at that level where they've reached that pinnacle of success and they're willing to offer this information? How do I reach that individual? Uh, I could probably start throwing some cold emails out there. I could probably look into that. That's a skill within itself that I do need to learn, actually. So that's a very thoughtful reminder. But in general, finding that mentor, for me, it's very difficult. I feel like I'd have to reach the next level not the next level in the in the sense that oh all of a sudden i'm balling and i have no cons no but that next level where okay now i'm starting to build up a sizable audience the influence is increasing it's becoming powerful enough now suddenly i can attract bigger fish to this idea or to this individual which is me perhaps then i can find that mentor but for me right now, it's it's very difficult to gauge and perhaps I haven't been putting in enough thought into it. Maybe I do need to put in more thought into it. I should. But that's it's a huge step to take. Honestly, it's a very huge step. Yeah. to take. Uh, that's, that's a good answer. Um, You were going to ask me something, I think, before I answered. You asked a very good question. And obviously, we we're nearing the end. We're two hours in. I did not think to look. I stared at the number and, okay, well, my eyesight isn't the best. I got um, astigmatism, whatever the hell. It's blurry. But Imagine that. Two, Perfect vision. two hours and four minutes in. I need to ask this this question because it's very important. But what does that first summit look like to you? That first peak that you reach, not not the general idea of a peak where it's like, oh, whoa, you've reached the top. Now you're falling. No, no, I'm talking. What's that first leap that because, OK, going going back into like the whole main character thing, OK, because this this is a very important tie to make. Aaron put the the boulder on the wall, OK? Miyamoto Musashi caught his first body, perhaps. Luffy killed his first villain or defeated his first villain, whatever. He got his first crewmate. What's that version in your life? What does that look like to you? How do you envision that first sort of major accomplishment, that accomplishment that opens the most floodgates that you will ever see up to that point? Even matters as well, which path I'm talking about. With computer science, it'd be for sure for computer science, it'd either be landing an internship at top tier tech company or creating a project that's actually successful and useful in the real world. With entrepreneurship, it could possibly be selling to my first client slash customer, or it could be the first $1,000 month, first $10,000 month. It could be an arbitrary number, could be meeting a top tier mentor as well that could be meeting a top tier mentor as well that you know that's like okay wow goldman sachs executive micro the microsoft founder the social media 
you know, head decides to mentor you or you're in talking conversations. And so to say which one excites me the most and feels like I'm really stepping closer to my dream, I'd say making my first sale. I'd, I'd either be making my first sale to my client, right? Or connecting with a mentor that speaks so, that like is where I want to be. Yeah. In almost all aspects is where I want to be. Yeah. That's where I'd say would be. And even then, there's even with the content creation, my first thousand followers or my first viral video. Um, I don't want to be too indecisive. No, I'd definitely say it's a business or knowledge one, knowledge-based one. So I'd, I'd go with one of those two. Interesting. What about you? For me? What would be your first pivotal moment? Getting monetized. Um, my first... 10,000 subs. I think 10,000 is like very much the sweet spot because you reach 10,000 and suddenly you have the capacity to make maybe not a living, but it's an amazing side hustle, but past the money part. Hell with clothing. First sample. That'll be the, oh my God. That one is the most achievable out of all of my goals having the first sample t-shirt would be the most achievable one but it'd also be one of the biggest ones because i don't want to keep the first sample i want to give it to somebody to try on and that's something that's been on my mind for a while having those first samples to just give away to people to try on do you like this does it look well on you etc that sort of being like the first step taking into the brand um moving out would obviously be a big thing but that comes with a lot of bigger accomplishments which precede that so i'm not gonna go into detail that much about that getting the first draft of the book done that for sure now with the book, I'm obviously I'm in the high exuberance sort of mentality of young adulthood. And with age will come much humility, God willing. And so obviously there's a lot of information and time and experience that goes into bookmaking. And so I'm going to discover that. But I feel like once that first draft is complete, I'll have a complete idea of what I want to do with this book, what type of damage I want to do, just how much. Right now I have the idea and I have a structure and the structure is there, it exists. But by the time that first draft is done, I will be clear set on the push I want to make. And it's going to be a very aggressive one. I, I know that for a fact. And so by the time that's complete, I'm sure life will be very much different, assuming life is there but yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot but they all complement each other in some sense in some respect which i think matters a lot because so long as they're on the same path then it's possible i don't see them as different options either they all play into each other one way or another which i think is also very important 
you don't want to have too many options in the sense of you don't want to have too many paths to walk down because then that could lead to that exactly that decision paralysis which can really fuck a lot of people up but along your path you do want to have these various things which you can tap into because in one way or another it's going to build up that skill which can be applied generally along that path and so that's sort of what i've been trying to do so yeah that's that's my answer that's a lot and which one is the one that captures your heart the most the one that captures my heart the, the most, first sample i will say that the first sample definitely because i want to this area I love the area that I live in a lot. I really do. But the things that I see can be, an, it, it can be a pain in the ass sometimes to see the things that people are willing mm-hmm. to buy and their simplicity and the lack of quality. It can really piss me off sometimes. <laughs> and I've always, I've always wanted to own, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur in some respect, but clothing has always intrigued me. Now I'm I haven't been the best designer. I'm not good at drawing, but uh getting good at Photoshop definitely helped me a lot and having that creativity definitely helps a lot and having that understanding of the brand is more than just the clothing, it's the message, it's the culture, it's the overall just the community. That's what matters. I want to bring a new presence into this local community and expand that into something in which it's unified. And so the brand is so important to me and the brand, of course, it's also the YouTube channel, the discord that we have. It's a lot of these things, hell, even the little iMessage group chats, us just talking, whatever the case may be, we could be talking something, but it all matters so much. And I feel like that first sample is going to show like, look, this is what we can do. If we put, our eggs in the right baskets. This is what we can produce. And I want this to, I want everyone to experience this too. And so the designing is going to take some time. I have to play around with a lot of mock-ups. Of course, when that California trip happens, like I said, I want to have a lot of mock-ups done and complete. I want to be able to take a laptop there and showcase it and brainstorm ideas and hell even over there. I want to have, I want to have, as many third door moments as I can within that week, for sure. And I want to be able to experience it with many, you guys. <laughs> how many mock-ups, Ebra? Dude, at least, if I don't have at least 20 by July 17th, I am going to be very, very disappointed in myself. 20. Whether that be mostly t-shirts, maybe some sweatpants here and there, but I want to continue to learn and and grow and, and utilize that knowledge so that I can create something which is unique. And so that's sort of the idea inspired by a lot of, especially LA creatives, Bobby hundreds, someone I wasn't really, I didn't know him until about a week ago. I won't lie to you, but seeing what he did with the hundreds and understanding his story, obviously coming from Korean immigrant parents, being taught to believe in one thing, choosing to believe in another, going through his various struggles and such going to law school being told he shouldn't do law school because he'd be better off as an artist and then that turning into his brand and obviously surviving through the recession and all these various changes in style that pushed me even more and so hell it's a lot but 
I want to be able to experience success with the people that I care about. That's always been a goal of mine. That's always been something that would make my life completely fulfilled to be able to reach that place. I don't want to stop knowing that, oh, this individual is still struggling to achieve their goal. If if one of us can make it, that's amazing. If one of us can make it, that's amazing. But I'd like to be the first. <laughs> that's just, a, uh, that's just how I like that. I like the competition. I'd like to be the first. I'd like to be the first. Mm. Not because I want to be that guy that's like, oh, well, if it weren't for me, fuck that bullshit. I don't care. It could have been any of us, right? But I'd like to be the first because it just shows that, okay, well, I, I got it within me. Now it's time to prove to them that they have it within themselves to pursue it too. And so. Yeah, it's a lot. And obviously the goals get tough, but having that reminder in the back of my head, it, it I don't know, it, it makes me happy. I like to be the first. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like yeah. Oh. Well, we've talked a lot. I wasn't expecting this to be shorter than an hour. I was not. Me neither. I was I was fully prepared to have a very long conversation, and we had exactly that a very long conversation. Mm-hmm. But How I long? think two hours, two, two hours and two hours and is that say eighteen or ten? I can't tell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a very long conversation, and of course, uh, I'm gonna have to edit this, so I'm gonna have fun with it. We we had. Dude, we, we gave, oh my God, a lot of points we covered. I think we offered a lot of clarity, a lot of nuance, and that's very important. Not too opinionated, which was the goal. Not too opinionated. I just, what's going through your head right now, man? What's going through your head before we get off of this? What's... Really enjoy the talk. I felt like I walked away with the fire being fanned with some more air that's what i feel like the talk about being the first and that stood out to me dreams previously when we also talked about um when we talked about the whole trip as well we i know we touched on it as well we talked about what would be our first like crewmate like what would be a pivotal moment i really like that i really like that and there's an earlier moment that i'm trying to remember um there's an earlier moment with the whole i, I really liked no uh, I'm, I'm the pivotal moment i'll say was definitely like okay because it, it got it made me think okay I, I talked about the lack of direction right but the pivotal moment really made me think about things I wanted and it kind of gave me a glimpse of that direction as well and so it helped me with the patience as well and talking through certain things even if it's yes for the high authority for the whole as a whole but I felt the benefit on a personal level as well so that's what's yeah going. yeah of course and that's the most important thing mm-hmm. on a personal level how, mm-hmm. how does it help you because at the end of the day if you're not there the whole is incomplete and that's always a detriment. What yeah. about you? How are you feeling? You kind of expressed that, but any, any other thoughts? Man, 
I'll say this. Every time I have these conversations, I always leave with a headache. <laughs> like, I always leave with a headache because the amount of topics that we cycle through and just the, the amount of just perspective that we go through, it always leaves me sort of in this state of, well, shit, I am mentally exhausted, but it is a good feeling. It's like, I'm going to go to sleep tonight knowing that I learned something new, knowing that I got to experience the sharing of information on a level that most people don't really get to experience. Most, even we don't necessarily get to experience this as much. And the fact that we do as consistently as we do, however inconsistent that is, it's still a blessing. And it's still, yeah, fuck, it's an honor, honestly. And so, man, I really did enjoy this conversation. And I'm going to walk away from this with more confidence in the fact that we can both achieve what we're set out to do we're gonna walk away more dangerous more confident more direct in our approach and wherever that goes hey we'll see but i think the path is starting to become a lot clearer i I think we've done enough digging. There's enough holes in the ground. Hell, if the diamond doesn't show itself, then the whole ground's gonna fucking collapse. And I'm sure, I'm sure it'll mold it. So. But yeah, dude, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I won't lie. It was an honor as well. And yeah. I have to say this: it's unfortunate because you, you're starting to bring back a fire into me that that's dangerous Are for you. Serious? You want to be first, but that fire that you're lighting under uh, me. It, it, you might not be able to get what you want. Let me say that. My boy, look, 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 I'm all for it. You all for I'm it? I'm all for it. Hey. Oh, man, I forgot to mention something. What you want to mention, you bro? And I'm, I'm actually dropping a video on this soon, but uh, I also want to be a New York Times bestseller by the age of 21. All right, let's get it. <laughs> that, let's get it. Now, that would be the ultimate summit. Mm. If this book somehow manages to succeed, well, there's been a lot of stupid books that that have succeeded, but if this one succeeds, mm. well, fuck, that will be like a damn. You really did that. Mm. That's super. But yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just uh, gonna throw that in there. But hey, uh, yeah, that's fire. And also, can you send me the list of topics you talked about as well? I want to do some thinking and perhaps I, I think I, I thought of some video ideas as well. I should have I should have taken some notes. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I said, I should hey, start. At least we that. recorded it. At least we recorded it. We did record yeah, it. Yeah, record. that's good. That's good. So that's uh, good. I could always, yeah, we could look back mm-hmm. at this. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. It was very nice to have you, sir. And, you. Um, Thank you for having me. Hey, no problem, gang. All right. Well, have a nice day, bro.